sing it one more time this morning. Let's just enter in. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. The name of Jesus. Freedom in that name. Amen. Hallelujah. you this morning. It's so good to be here. We are looking forward to a wonderful service. And um, <clears throat> thank you, musicians, for the beautiful music this morning leading in. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that we can all enter into a place of worship together as we just push out everything that uh, may have beset us on the way here. We know that Satan sets up roadblocks all the way down on Sunday morning. And so, um, I pray that you will all just be able to, um, to focus on worship this morning and just embrace the freedom of Christ, freedom to, uh, to release yourself from the bonds and the chains of this world and enter into a special place right here with Jesus and with the bride of Christ, your fellow believers. Let's, um, let's sing page uh, 2086, I think. Thank God I am free. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again. Hallelujah. I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I Like a blind man that God gave 
lay back inside like a poor wretched beggar that's found fortune and fame. I'm so glad that I found out he could bring me out through his holy name. And thank God I am free. I'm free, free from this world of sin. world of sin. Amen. I read a a quote this morning looking at freedom. None are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. Amen. When we're living out in the world, we think we're free. There's people out there think they are free, but in reality, they're pawns of a sick and perverse culture and enslaved to meet those demands. They're enslaved by the demands and desires of their own perverse flesh. But you know something? The oppressor never offers freedom. Freedom is something that has to be taken by force at a great price. And Christ, as our advocate, paid the price for our freedom. When we didn't even know that we were slaves, when we were enemies of Christ... Amen. But when we come into him and we have a new outlook, a new focus, and realize the chains that are binding us, when we first come under that that conviction that comes with the realization that we are slaves to sin, and then we can see what Christ is offering to us, freedom from all of that. Amen. Freedom, freedom to serve our husband instead of the desires of this world. It's a wonderful thing, amen? Let's sing that little song, Give Me That Old Time Religion 2026. Well, give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. devil won't go near it. That's the reason people fear it. But it's good enough for me. And give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. And it will make you stop your life. It will save you when you're dying. It will start the devil flying. And it's for me, give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, give me that old time religion, it's good enough for me, it's so good I won't know what. 
me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Let's uh, take a seat for just a moment, and I've got just a couple of announcements, uh, rather prayer requests, and we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Noah Cockman, just be ready to come up and bring these few requests to the Lord, and just how many of us have a, a special request that you'd like just to be made known to God by an uplifted hand? So many of us this morning, amen, even though you may not have written it down to be brought before the assembly this morning. I know that there's so many needs, so much on our hearts, so much on our minds, that um, <clears throat> let's just reach out and even those unknown things, to pray for, the, pray for the brother or sister who's sitting beside of you. Pray for the brother or sister across the road. Think of someone specifically and pray for them this morning. Joe Pascal has to work today. He cannot be in. Matt Cross, who was uh, scheduled to play the piano this morning came up sick unto his stomach and said, Brother Matt, we're going to pray for you this morning as well. So, Brother Noah, if you would come up and uh, just bring these needs to the Lord and let's just get into that spirit of uh, burden bearing that Christ told us to do and so fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Just bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, we're just so grateful to be in your house today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for bringing us back here after a long week. Lord, we ask your blessing over these, over these prayer requests. Lord, just meet, meet each and every need. Those who can't be with us, just be with them. Lord, Brother Matt, feeling sick this morning, we ask that you would just touch him. Lord, we ask your blessings upon the remainder of this song service. And as the minister comes, we ask that you would just speak through him. Let them have lips of clay that we might just hear exactly what we need, Lord. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Teach me, Lord, to
Help me humble my pride and to call on your name. Keep my faith renewed. Keep my eyes on thee. Help me be on this earth what you want me. Let's rise and sing this. Amen. Well, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They chorus one more time. It's they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Renew us. Mount up with wings as an eagle. If you would, just um, would you <clears throat> get ready to take up the offering this morning? And I pray that um, as we as we do this, the deacons will come this morning. Lord God, bless those that are able to give. Those who um, are not able, bless them as well. And Lord, we know that you will use this to your kingdom and to your glory. Well, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away Amen. to a home on God's celestial shore. This life is blown out by a wave. from prison bars that's flown. Well, I'll fly away. Verse 3. 
just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away Going to a land where joy should never end Well, I'll fly away That does my bluegrass heart some good right there. One of these mornings, I'm going to teach everybody how to clap on two and four. I, the Buchanan family has a special this morning. If you would, just come forward. While they're coming up, let's just sing a little bit of Born Again, Free from Sin. <clears throat> uh, it may not be the number I had up there, but it goes like this. Well, I'm born again, free from sin. Happy night and day And it makes me the job There's a doubt I know I'm born again Yes, I'm born again Free from sin Happy night and day And it makes me shout What are you doing to me here? <laughs> you just showing me that you can clap on two and four? <laughs> I appreciate that. So let's, uh, let's uh, have a seat and listen to the beat can of him. This is one we haven't done in a very long time, and it's just a spur of the moment. <laughs> I may regret this. <laughs> it's one of those where I sent them a message and said, I got a song I want us to try. It's no better Seems like I've been here forever Everything after a while Just seems the same So it's time to be up and going I can feel there's a wind blowing I'm ready to move I'm ready to change I'm ready to move Move on up to another dimension I'm ready to change And relocate to another Hold me here no more I'm already out the door I've got the Holy Ghost here to prove And I'm ready to move 
everything that I need is in order Ready now to cross the border To a brand new country bright and fair I hold a little revelation This body's gonna see a translation Moving up to a mansion in the air I'm ready to move Move on up to another dimension I'm ready to change and relocate to another location to Hold me here no more I'm already out the door I've got the Holy Ghost here to prove it I'm ready to move Oh, I'm ready to move Move on up to another dimension I'm ready to change and relocate to another location put those microphones up. Let's, let's stand and sing that one more time. Amen. Who's ready to move? Are you ready to move? All right, let's do that again. That last chorus one more time, brother. I love, I love to hear that singing. I'll sing with you. I'm ready to move. Move on up to another dimension. And I'm ready to change. Relocate to another location. There's nothing to hold me here no more. tell you what, we're going to change the order of the service now and invite Brother Dennis to come forward. Last time, um, <clears throat> I've got a fun memory of Brother McBride. Uh, Andy and I took him out for, for lunch, and we were in my car, and the air conditioning went out, and we were in the heat of summer. Had the windows rolled down, but we still had the good fellowship. Amen. We didn't know where to go. We drove around to two places and finally found hole in the wall somewhere and we sat down and had some food but had some wonderful fellowship as well 
We're going to sing uh, 528, I feel like, going on as we just invite the Holy Spirit to come and invite Brother McBride to come forward and um, just break the bread of life for us this morning. Amen. Well, I feel like going on. I feel like going on. No trials come on every hand. I feel. I feel like going home. I feel like going, going home. Though trials come on every hand, I feel. Preach that with an inspiration. Lord, and it helped me to be able to see, Father, how you allow us to be placed in certain circumstances and conditions that causes us to become unsettled. But the purpose of that, Lord, it's, <clears throat> it's growth, it's places, places you want us to grow into. Father, and it's to also keep us unsettled in our spirits while we're here in this earth so that we don't consider this to be our home. But our eyes and our focus and our hearts are always set upon that place, that land that we can truly call home, Lord. This is not our home. We are not comfortable here. And it's only by your grace that you allow our hearts to feel in that way, Lord. It helps us to keep moving forward, Father, to keep striving, to keep reaching. Lord, I'm not happy here. The more we see the things of the last days unfold, Lord, it causes us heartache and causes us to be troubled. But that's how it's supposed to be, Lord, because we're getting ready to, to go home to our real home where our hearts can be settled and we can be satisfied. And we'll know, Father God, that once we're there, that this is how it should be. Everything is set very well with each one of our hearts, Lord, and we'll be able to live 
as we were always intended to live in peace and joy and true happiness and harmony. Father, our hearts long for that place. Beulah land, Lord. We thank you for one another, for what you're doing in our individual lives. We thank you for this church. We thank you for Brother Barry. Wherever he is, Lord, may you bless him, strengthen him, and keep him, him and his family. And Lord, now that we're here, we just want your will to be done, Father. We want you to move among us, Father, freely. So with that being said, Lord, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Heavenly Father. Lord, whatever the enemy, Lord, has tried to accomplish or place or establish in our lives that would disrupt our fellowship with you, Lord. Father, we don't want any of that, Lord, to hold us back. Forgive us, Lord God, and help us to do better. Bless your precious people, Lord. Lord, we commit this service, this time into your hands. We love you, Father. Help us in our hearts to love you more. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask all these things and we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> praise the Lord. What's your name, brother? John Tucker. John. You got to excuse me. I'll... <clears throat> I remember when we went out to eat. <laughs> and I'm talking to him in the back, and I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> and the restaurant we went to is called Fun Rice. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in a little shopping center, but I wouldn't call it a hole in the wall, man. I actually wanted to go back. <laughs> the food was good. I actually took my family some plates, too, because I wanted them to, anytime we have a chance to go out to eat at home, I don't know what it is, but my family loves Chinese, and so they, they enjoyed that, so yeah, I remember that. Brother Barry asked me to greet everyone on his behalf, um, by God's grace, so greetings from Brother Barry, and I don't want to keep you standing long. Um, I'll, I'll say the rest once we read our scripture and just see it. Let's go here, if, we, if you don't mind, to Matthew chapter uh, 20, 21. I really enjoyed the songs. Um, I enjoy coming here. I can say that from my heart, not just with the lip service. You know, the, the older you get and the more in view the most important things come, you know, in your life. Uh, you just begin to value, value certain things more so. So, um, you know, I, I don't have to question whether or not the spirit of the Lord is here amongst you. Every time I come, I can feel it. And it's not about feeling, right? But I can just feel it. And it's appreciated. You know? when you can go to a church and when you can have fellowship with people and it's genuine and it's real. You come to really appreciate those things and you long for it. You know? So that's how I feel. 
you know, it's many churches all over. I'm scheduled to go someplace else this evening, and I, I enjoy coming there, too, for the same reasons, you know. So uh, the closer we get to the end, I believe our love and our appreciation toward one another, it'll just become magnified because the spirit of the Lord is increasing in our lives and it's bringing us, drawing our hearts into that place of real love. It's his love, you know? He's loving each one of us through each one of us. So he causes me to love you and you to love me. How can you help not to love when he's in you? You know? He even loved a rich young ruler, right? Something, man. All right, that ain't even a part of my lesson. This Matthew 21, I want to start at verse 28. <clears throat> I'll rephrase that, his lesson. It says, but what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. Now, and me being a father, I'm like, what? What did you say? <laughs> I got four sons. I'm like, what? <laughs> Maybe I hear you right. <laughs> Amen. But Christ is bringing out a point. Amen. He says, I will not. He says, but afterward he repented and went. I've experienced this. And he came to the second. And said likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, very respectfully. The Bible says, and went not. Verse 31, whither of them twain did, did the will of his father? They say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I want to go to verse 4. We'll read verse 4 and verse 5. It says, when thou vowest a vow unto God, he says, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Let's just bow once more. Heavenly Father, please help us. It is your word, Lord. Have your way, I pray. Please, Lord. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. You might be seated. So it's a few more scriptures here also I'd like to kind of go over. Um, let's go to Numbers chapter 30. Numbers 30, um, starting at verse 1. And then from there, we'll go to Deuteronomy 23. So Numbers 30, starting at verse 1. It 
It says, And Moses spake unto the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Verse 2, Numbers 30. If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, <clears throat> it says, He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Deuteronomy 23, verse 21. I'll read verse 2 again while you're turning there from Numbers 30. If a man vow vow unto the Lord or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. Now, verse 21 of Deuteronomy 23, it says, When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it, for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. So when we, whenever we make a promise unto God, right, God is looking for it. He's looking for whatever we said we're going to do to be fulfilled. Right? He says he'll require it of thee. Right? And, and equally so, right? Because don't we feel the same way? If somebody give us their word that they're going to do something, you ain't going to not look for it. Especially depending on the importance of it according to your need of it. Right? You're going to look for it to happen. So if it's going to happen on a particular day or time, Whenever that time comes around or that day comes around, you're going to be in expect. It puts you in expectation. Their promised word. Okay. Notice how it says this. It says, for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee. Verse 21 again. And notice how it says this. And it would be sin in thee. So this is how God feels towards us making him a promise, right? Verse 22, but if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. So, and then I'll just read verse 23. He says, that which is gone out of thy, out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform, even a free will offering, according as thou hast vowed unto the Lord thy God, which thou hast promised with thy mouth. So and what we just read is better not to promise than to promise and not do. Right? So uh, just kind of want to approach this particular subject, promise keepers. Amen, promise keepers. This hits me, of course. This is why I'm ministering it. Because I'm always, well, God is always examining me <laughs> and uh, searching me through. You know, he searches our hearts, our intentions, our motives, and our objectives. He knows right where we are, right? But he, he doesn't want us to live delusional lives, right? He don't want us to think that we're someplace that we're actually not, right? So God, God, God actually... Uh, Purpose is to bring us into reality checks 
right? Because he wants us to, he, he wants within us to be established what's real, right? We don't have to live a fake life. You understand what I'm saying? We, we, we can be real Christians, real men and women of God that, 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 that truly represent who he is, right? If we're his children, your children should reflect who you are. Right. Especially when it comes to God. Now, you know, that that it's a lot wrapped into that statement because there is a growth. Right. Um, I find myself I, I think a lot. We all think a lot. We think it right now. <laughs> but I'm a uh, I'm a real deep thinker. I analyze things real carefully. You know, when I'm quiet, I'm just watching. I'm really considering things. Um, my son, David, he's my, my 19-year-old. He'll be 20. He's very quiet, but he's very analytical. He, he just, I just see myself. <laughs> I see myself in him, you know. But, um, you know, I, I think things over a lot and whatever, and I'm, I'm trying to gain my thought back now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, <laughs> talking about promise keepers. <laughs> okay, so it's important to keep your word, right? And um, I, I'll just start off with this. I, I have a son at home now, and and he he got married. You know, my son Benjamin, and. Uh, and it's something that dawned on me this morning, and, and it hurt me. It hurt me because um, yesterday I was supposed to go over, yesterday evening I was supposed to go over and meet with his, his wife's father, um, and we were supposed to have prayer because they just moved into their, their own home. So we were supposed to have prayer at the home and everything, and, uh, and this morning it came to me that I, I forgot to go. And that, it hurt me. It hurt me because I gave him my word, right? And so I text him because I was listening to a message. I didn't want to call at that time. I texted him and apologized and asked him if we could reschedule, you know, for Monday. And he texted me back and said, that's fine, you know. But it hurt me that I, I, I didn't keep my word, especially when it related to that, Right? And, and when it comes to us, you know, like I said, we, we value someone that we can actually trust to keep their word. And, and even though God is God, he knows the end from the beginning, right? But he allows things to, to come out. He allows things to be shown in you, in my life, and in your life to show us where we are. Right. Um, like I said, he don't uh, he wants us to have a real life of a real Christian. Right. And that's what we want to be associated with real Christians. We don't want to be around lie, you know, something that we have to question. You know how that feels. Right. You know, if somebody is with you and you're questioning how they really feel about you. That's not a good feeling. You know, you want to be able to be comfortable. And that goes beyond a person's words, you know, because uh, people can say all the right things. 
but yet something just don't feel right. You know, you can't put your finger on it, but it's like, I hear what you're saying. It sounds good, and you kind of go along with it, but all along you got this other feeling that's speaking something different. You know, and God is very aware of that. Of course, he's God, right? But he may, he, he, it, 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 it meant so much to God. These particular things here, they mean so much to God, to even Christ. Notice and he even made a comment. He says, these people, they honor me with their lips. They worship me. They say all the right things. He said, but their hearts are far from me. So it means something to God to have people associated with him that really value him. Whose hearts are really with him. And it's not just a show. You're not putting on a performance of any kind. That was the thing that he had a problem with with the Pharisees. It wasn't the fact that they were in conditions that wasn't right because he was there to help everybody come up out of their places, their current places of condition, their current statuses to bring them into a better place. But it was the fact that they chose to live behind an image. That, that didn't really speak to who they really were. They became accustomed to actually living lives that, that, that was contrary to the very word itself. They, but they became comfortable in that. So when Jesus came, he, he called it for what it was. And for that reason, he was highly disliked and he was hated because he told the truth. Amen. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm coming to see more and more saints where uh, people that want to do right, their attitudes and everything, it reflects that. We're not a perfect people, right? We have our character flaws, our issues and things of that nature, right? But in the heart of a true Christian, you want to be right. And to me, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being transparent with you. A real friendship and a real relationship, it'll contain that element where you can be totally honest with one another. Amen. And, 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 and just like when, when Paul had to confront Peter when he was in error, Peter took it in the right mind, the right attitude. Amen. He recognized, yes, Paul, I am wrong. He didn't want to fuss back. He didn't get upset with Paul. He didn't want to break ties with Paul, but he accepted the correction because it was for one in love and he knew he was wrong and God was allowing that to happen. Peter took that and he grew from that place. Isn't that right, saints? So those are things that God has been doing among us and within us, you know. Um, but but back, back to my subject here concerning being able to keep a promise. It's very important to God that we grow into that place. I want to say it in that way, because we're all still on our journey. God is putting the finishing touches on our lives, right? Now, what I'm talking about tonight or this morning, it relates to our relationships with one another and not just people in the church. Amen. God wants us to be a, a proper representative of him, even in our associations with people that are in the world. If we make a promise to somebody out there, that don't, it, 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 it's just as important to God that we keep our word. 
And not just, well, you know, they're out there. It don't really matter. No, it does matter. And I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this statement now. We'll bring it full circle by the grace of God. But uh, it's not just in the Old Testament that God emphasized these things. Amen. These things carry over. Amen. God wants this to become a part of who we are. To where we are people that want to keep our word. It really hurt me that I didn't keep my word to my son. But it wasn't intentional. That's my only comfort. Lord, you know my heart. It wasn't intentional. Right? And sometimes things do happen, right? You, you can make a promise, but we're human. We can't foresee the future. Your car might break down. Right? And you're not able to make the commitment or whatever that was made. And God understands those things. But God wants us to still be mindful and hold these things in high regards concerning how we deal with one another and especially how we deal with him. That's the real focus right there. Brother Branham makes a statement in Israel and, and the church. It's called number 2, 5303-26. He says... Now, I will. He says, when God says he'll do anything, he says, you can look for it to be done. How many can say amen to that? That's one of the things that we love about God, right? He's a God of his word. He's a God that keeps his promises. Brother Branham said he keeps every appointment. Even when he's bringing himself into a situation as it was with Simon, to where he wasn't going to be able to be comfortable in the presence of who he was with. But because he was invited, he still went. He kept his word. Right? And, and we, we love that about God. I love that about God. All God's promises are yea and amen. Whatever he said, he'll do. We rejoice in that. How many realize that God also wants to be able to rejoice when it comes to the promises we make to him? Let me read to you something here. Just the definition of promise. It says a declaration that one will do or refrain from doing something specified. A declaration that one will do or refrain from doing something specified. It means to give grounds for expectation. In the judicial system, we're all aware of court proceedings, right? Criminals caught in the act, right? Uh, Red-handed, whatever the case might be. And while they're out there performing that act, they're very bold, right? Of course, they're under wrong influences of wrong spirits, right? But it causes them to act out in aggressive manners, forceful manners, horrible attitudes. And then when they're caught, now they're, now they're imprisoned. Now they have a court date that comes up. Now they're brought before the judge. And where... <laughs> And now all of a sudden they want to wear a suit. They want to shave. 
They want to look nice. They want to look clean. When the, when, when the judge speaks to them, they, they, they're very respectful. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Why? Because they're in a situation to where now they need the judgment of that judge to be in what they want to be their favor. They want, listen, Lord have mercy on us all. They're only doing that to get what they want to get. To their advantage, they put on a show, seemingly buttering up to the judge, trying to present themselves in every way possible that would win them over in the judge's mind. To make them at that moment, in that snapshot, I want to use that word, that snapshot of time. Oh, yeah. They sound good. They sound like they're changed. They'll make promises in those moments because it can mean time in jail for whatever duration of time. Even the death penalty, depending on the severity of the crime. And in that moment, because they know what's on the line, they'll put on a show. All the time in their hearts, they don't even mean what they're saying. And if the judge grants them in their favor for whatever it was they needed, a reduced sentence to be let out on bond or whatever the case might be, they'll agree to those terms. And we've seen it. We've been witnesses of it. And go right back out and perform, even while on bond, perform the exact same if not a worse act. Whatever they said before the judge, whatever, however they shaved and cleaned up and however they dressed themselves, it meant absolutely nothing. They, they didn't plan, listen, they didn't even plan in the first place on keeping their word. It was all a show. Many times when people are brought into troublesome situations, things that man can't help them out of, be it sicknesses or whatever, financial, whatever the case might be, that's when heaven is flooded with promises. All types of promises being made to God. Normally when a person gets in trouble, they don't have to be asked about uh, what, 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 what do you need to do differently? Like, like what, what is you need to do differently concerning your relationship with God? In those troublesome times when you know you need God's help, immediately your heart and your mind goes to those things that God has been trying to get you to refrain from doing. Because it's a troublesome situation, right? So now you're searching, Lord, what, what do I need to do? Do I need to repent? Do I need to make something right? And in those times, those things are searched out. And then certain things come immediately to the forefront of our minds. Maybe you hadn't been praying like you should. Maybe you hadn't been spending time in God's word like you should. And maybe he's been calling for it. And he calls for it, and we go the other way. We continue in routines and daily cycles to where the almighty God is continuously neglected. I'm guilty of that. You understand what I'm saying? 
you know, it, 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 as God was ministering to my heart, I, I just, I, he just, I just was getting hurt. I, my heart, my heart hurting right now. Because, you know, depending on the level of importance that a person holds in your life, that'll determine whether you feel it necessary to keep your promise to that person. Is that correct? For, for the business owners that are in here, your most valued client, uh, if they have a special request of any kind that's outside of the ordinary, they need you to meet them in a particular place or do something even on a Sunday. That's your bread and butter. Most people will give their word to try to satisfy whatever it, whatever it is that request might be. Why? My business depends on this. Right? But then it might be somebody else that might not be, that might not hold that level of um, importance. Right, Their effect upon your life in your eyes seemingly isn't all that great. And you might make them a problem. Now, you will make sure if you tell that boss I'll be there at 7, that business owner, they said, can you meet us? Uh, you have service on what days? Sundays and what? Wednesdays. Wednesdays. All right. They say, can you meet us on Wednesday at 7.30? <laughs> Depending on how important they are to you, <laughs> That might be a day that you miss service and, and just try to stream it later on. Because you need that. You, you, that's your livelihood, right? But you might have a brother or a sister or somebody else out there, and you might make them a promise, but their level of importance in your life is not that high. You will examine it according to that, and, then you, and, and you know, you might just feel like, you know what, I just can't make it. I can't do it. You won't hold it to the same, in the same regard, right? Because in your sight, it's, it's like, well, if I don't do it, well, that's not going to affect much. I'll just tell them, you know, oh, I can't make it. Can we reschedule? But you won't tell that business owner that, though, that main client. I'm saying in most cases now, if you got a real conviction, you'll do it. I've had to do it, right? I'm just saying, but how the world operates, that's just ten, that, that, that's, that's how things tend to go, right? But for somebody that's, that's seemingly lower along those lines, somebody that's just kind of average along with you, a peer or whatever, it, it might not hold the same value to be able to be there in the time that you said you would be there or do the thing you said you would do. And in some cases, people might just say, you know what, I you know, they just have to deal with it. I can't do it. And not even have the decency to let the person know that you can't do it. Just don't show up. And don't bother following up with a call to say why. We've been recipients of that, haven't we? Right? But does God deserve that? And I, I say that, saints, because it seems like when it comes to God, he's the one 
that always seems like the, he, he's always the one that's always placed in those other places, second, third, fourth. God asks you to pray, and you know in your heart God is telling. You may have come to church and heard a word, and God placed a conviction on your heart, and you know that's for you. Right? And in our hearts at that time, we, 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 we're convicted by the word, and we go out with good intentions, just like that son. He said, will you go work in the vineyard? He says, yes, sir, I'll go. And then the Bible says he didn't go. Empty words that hold no value. That's what it kind of boils down to, right? When, when, when somebody makes you promises and, and, they, and, they, and, and they consistently don't hold up on their side, what happens with your level of confidence in that person? It begins to decline because they're proving to you by their actions beyond their words. I can't trust them. He says when God says he'll do anything, you can look for it to be done. He says when man says he'll do anything, I don't know about that. Praise the Lord. In Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Second Timothy. Sorry. Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. This is not intended to be. It's not in my heart in a way of rebuke. I'm just communicating to you just the things that God ministered to me. And how it it really. Like I said, I feel bad even now because I think back over my life at the years, just the time that I've put forth energy and effort toward things that didn't even profit me. And the simple request of Almighty God, the simple things that, that he's asking us to do for our benefit, it's not for his benefit, but it's for our benefit. And that's how the devil, he likes to play those type of games. He makes us lightly esteem the very thing that God is trying to give us power through. Right? Prayer and reading the word and, and Bible study and good fellowship around the word. Those things, they bring power into our lives. They bring necessary elements in our lives that we need to be able to, de- to, be able to live victoriously in every day of our lives. So the devil brings us into a neglecting of these things, seemingly simple, seem, and, 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 and the mindset sometimes is, well, you know, God understands. I, I got to do this over here, you know, that the Lord, the Lord understands. And sure, he does understand, but how does it make him feel? When he's constantly being placed into those third, second, and whatever place is behind number one. And he should be number one. 
if any, just like that, 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 that business owner, you know, your, the major client or the business owner of wherever you work, whenever they make a request, you will, you, will, you, will, you will do your best to try to make sure it's satisfied. How much more? God. Brother Branham, he made a statement. He says, you can miss work for church. He says, but don't miss church for work. I mean, you, you know he said that, right? Come on, brother. Now, I mean, I got to pay bills now. There's going to be some extra money for me right here. We'll get into something right here in a moment. Saints. I'm not going to be much longer. We'll get, in here. we'll get into something right here in a moment. Sometimes God allows us to be tried. Huh? In our minds, we might, look at, we might look at it like that. Well, boy, if I don't go to work on this day or if I don't meet this client on this day, you know how much. They, they're bringing me a new business deal. It's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I can't miss that. And God come in that very thing on that very day and say, come to church. And even though you might hear it very clearly, you will quit. Well, that can't be God. No, I don't, I don't know about that, you know, because uh, God wouldn't want me to miss this right here. But God will let you be tried in things just as that. Listen, he got something more satisfying and way better for you. But he just want to see where you are. Can we say praise the Lord, saints? I told you to go to Timothy, right? Second Timothy. Hold, hold Second Timothy, and I'm just gonna read to you something here. Um, just hold there, and I'm just gonna read this to you out of Deuteronomy 13. It says, "If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and, a, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them." Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dream of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. So God will allow things to come to us, and it's for the purpose of allowing us to be tried, to allow us in our hearts to come out. Isn't there a saying amongst the world, allow a person to do what they want to do so that you can see what they would rather do? Lord have mercy. Free moral agency isn't all that great, is it? <laughs> right? Because we, have, we can make our minds up to do anything we want to. And that even brings a higher level of intensity to this right here because Lord have mercy on me. In the times where I should have been giving you more, I allowed other things to come in and take a higher role, a higher place. And neglected and put you aside. And Brother Branham said, anything we put before God is a idol. No matter what form, shape, or fashion it might come in, it could be a job, money, car, whatever the family. Unless you love me more than your own family, he said. 
So if he said that, guess what? God will allow us to be put into situations and predicaments where that will have to be displayed. And if we're not in the right place, spiritually speaking, we'll miss what's happening. And we'll take it in a more natural, carnal frame of mind, not realizing what God is trying to accomplish. The place he's trying to bring us into. And the depth of love that he wants us to have for him. All right, 2 Timothy, we'll go here, and then I'm going to try to just move right into this last portion that I wanted to cover by the grace of God. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, it says, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Notice how it says in verse 3, without natural affection, and it uses the word truce breakers. What does that mean? The word truce, it means a suspension of fighting, especially of considerable duration, by agreement of opposing forces. How many realize we had to come into a truce with God? The Bible actually says that we were his enemies. Isn't that right? In our previous conversation, our worldly lifestyle, our wrong natures, we were working completely against God. Being, 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 being held captive and being led by his enemy. And we were doing the lust of our God's enemy. And the Bible says we were enemies of his, but because of his love toward us, he came and made a way that we might break free from the bonds of the enemy and come into this more perfect place, this true light. The Bible says God commanded that the light shine out of darkness. That predestinated seed was already there. It was just covered over. Right? God told uh, Israel there through Isaiah, he says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made as white as snow. Meaning you come to me in your present frame of mind and the lifestyle you think is right. And you listen to my prophet and allow his word to penetrate your heart and your mind to show you where you're at. And through that, I'm going to show you what my desire is and give you an opportunity to lay your current lives down. The Bible says he that seeks to save his life, his present state of life, shall lose it. Because God is calling for a death to self. Isn't that right? All of our ideas, all of our ways, all of our habits. And if you are a child of God, you know what will happen? You will say, yes, Lord. Hey, man, you will lay it down. Paul said, I count everything I ever learned. I don't care how, who I thought I was. I was nothing, and I count all that but dumb that I might win the excellency of Christ. That's the heart of a true bride of Christ. So a suspension of fighting has lasted for a duration of time. It's an agreement. Yes, Lord, I know I've been wrong. I know I need to do better. I know I need to pray more, Lord. In the days of Noah, God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. God was calling. 
He was calling for repentance. Remember back in that time, the Bible says the imaginations of men's and women's hearts were only evil continually. All day, every day. There are people outside of this church right now, saints, whose minds are constantly on the things of the world. It's never on God. And even when they catch a glimpse of God, they try to get it out of their minds. And the Bible actually says they didn't want to keep the knowledge of God in their minds. And because of that, God gave them over to the very spirit they were running hard after. Which ends up in homosexuality, just all types of riotous living. Because God was calling, and he kept getting pushed away, right? That's really something, isn't it? The Bible says that because they didn't love the truth, he said, I gave them over to these things, right? He said, I caused them to believe a lie. Isn't that something? A person can get to a place so that we can push God away too many times, one time too many. And then God calls them to believe whatever they want to believe. And they go on like that. Right? But anybody that's like that, they weren't ordained to be in the number. We do understand that, right? Whatever, where, listen, whatever the origin of that seed is within an individual, Every individual has to go back to where their origin was. So for a true bride of Christ, amen, as as we see in our own lives, we've been rebellious many times. Right? We've gone contrary many times, but God, his love is so great. Right? That that doesn't mean God won't correct us because he will correct us. Isn't that right? We, We know that. We've experienced that. But it's because he loves us. He knows that we're better than that. Amen. He knows our potentials. He knows the heights we can grow into and and that we will and we right now are. We're moving into those places. So he corrects us because he loves us. You can do better than that. You're a better woman than that. You're a better man than that. Stop living like that. Sometimes people get so caught up on tones. Why you had to say it like that? Were you wrong or were you not wrong? Why are you getting caught up in tones? Huh? Uh, you stopped doing what you was doing. Especially for the young people, for kids or whatever, it's hard for them to be able to see Christ veiled in their parents at times. You know how it is. It's time, saints, and the Lord, the Lord is my witness, and I'm nobody. I'm your brother, and I need just as much help as anybody else. But man, when you get into a certain place and in, in, uh, in a relationship with God, when he comes in, when he's speaking, when he takes control, you know it. And there's been, there's been many times I can't even say it, but I know it's God giving somebody exactly what they need. But they're looking at the veil. And because they're in a carnal frame of mind, they miss God. Lord have mercy. Truce breaker, one who violates a truce, a covenant, or an engagement. The Bible says in the last days there will be truce breakers. A spirit out amongst the people to cause them to break their promises. To to cause them not to keep 
And I, I know that we're in an unconditional covenant. But I'm going to read to you something here. that, that it, it, this, this was my inspiration. What I'm going to get into here next, this was my inspiration for this message. It helped me to see something. And, I, and like I said, I've said it multiple times. All I can say is, Lord, have mercy on me. Right now, God is present. And we've heard that elephants don't forget nothing. Right? God, he can forget we, I'm going to show you something here where you just can't, you got to have a correct understanding of those things, right? There are certain things God remembers very specifically. He chooses to remember. I'll say it in that way. Because he's gracious, because he loves us, he made a plan of redemption that includes the forgiveness of our sins and the forgetting of our sins, Right? But God still highly values somebody that can keep their word. That's what this was all about. He knows that within ourselves, we can't do it. Right? That's why we fail so much, because we try within ourselves to accomplish it. But there is a, a level, a place of growth, a level of maturity that each one of us will reach. We're coming there. That'll bring us into this place to where we will be consistently promise keepers. Let me just move into what I'm talking about right now. Okay, I'm I'm closing on this. Oh, Lord. I'm going to touch on a few things and just kind of like, like I said, I'm going to close on this. God wants to trust us, saints. Amen. Just and listen, I mean, you know, you 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 can understand. We can relate. We want to be able to trust other people. Husbands want to trust wives, wives, husbands, parents to children, children, parents, business owners, management, supervision to employees, whatever, whatever connection you have with mankind, you want there to be a trust that's there. Because it, it just, it, it, it eases things for you. It make atmospheres better. I mean, things just flow in a way that it should flow. All right. The word trust, it means an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. It says to rely on another person because you feel safe with and you have confidence that they will not harm you or that something is safe and reliable. All of our hearts, we, we look for that, amen? Our hearts reach out for that. But God also wants that. Brother Branham says here, in the message called The Deep Call into the Deep, he says, wouldn't it be nice today if he... If he say uh, if he say about us, wouldn't it be nice today if he say about us, this is my servants. He says who I can put my trust in and they'll do my will. That's the place God is bringing every one of us into a real relationship to where we're not having to be made to do anything. But from our hearts, through through free moral agency, we come to a place in our hearts to where we so love him. 
until we will not allow the devil to interrupt that harmony and that fellowship for any reason. We come to that place of sensitivity to his spirit. Brother Brandon said, I want to be so close to God to where if he just gives me a nudge, I'll be able to feel it and make whatever right, right quick. Amen. Amen. That's the level of love God wants you and I to have for him. Not one that'll always dish out these statements, oh God, know my heart. Yeah, he do know your heart, but he wants your heart to love him. With all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, according to the scriptures. This is the main thing here, saints. Brother Branham, he used to have a a lot of fellowship with the businessmen. And as a part of that, they used to go out and they used to hunt different types of game, different times, depending on the season, whatever the case might be. I'm not a hunter. I just go by what I hear. (laughs) Right. So there was one particular time where, well, actually, he said the way things would normally run when he would go out hunting with them is because uh, a lot of them, he used the term, he, he said that they were out of shape. They couldn't walk like, like, like they needed to walk to be able to go into the places to get the game or whatever. And Brother Branham loved that. That was his lifestyle. So he could walk and go up into just all kinds of trails and whatever. And he, I mean, he, that brother walked so much. I mean, miles and miles and miles, you know. So anyway, he loved that. So, so when, but because, because he was in that lifestyle and he loved to do it, the businessmen, they were a little more out of shape and couldn't keep up like that. So then they would ask him to, they would kind of make requests. Well, can you get me, you know, this, this many of this kind of game or whatever it is they're out there hunting for and whatever. And Brother Branham would agree to do it. He would take a list of requests and he would go out and try to fulfill those requests. So this particular time he went out, and this, this, this happened here. We're going to drop in on this particular scene. He says, but when I was with the full gospel, gospel businessmen, Brother Clayton, about a year before, he went with us. When I caught that big, that big record fish, he says, that year, he says, for man, so four other men, For a man, he says, I killed 19 head of elk. They say, Billy, get me me one two-year-old. Get me a blue cow. I want a buck. He says, get me a full rack. Well, I just had a jubilee out there shooting and getting the elk and things. Then he comes and says this. Now, God is watching all of this. He comes and he says this, saints. He says, but the Lord told me not to do that. So there was something he was doing that God asked him not to do. Can we relate to that? Everything ain't mysterious. Everything ain't smoky, misty. Sometimes you hear the, good, the word, you, you hear the voice of God real good. Huh? It might not be an audible voice, but that little nudge, that, that push, that, that grasping of your heart, of your conscience. And in the same way, God is telling us, don't do that. He says, and I promised him. 
in that blizzard over there in Colorado, not years before that I said, Lord, I'll lead man to the game, but no more kill game for man. No, not less. It's an emergency and we have to have it. God heard that. Right. And I'll read to you again what the word promised me. The word promised me a declaration that one will do or refrain from doing something specified. Now, that was that, that that was brought on by God because God came to him and God told him, look, don't do that. Amen. God loves the animals. Isn't that right? He made the animals. Amen. And that was that that was excessive in the sight of God. God wasn't OK with that. So he says, please don't do that. He comes to us, saints. And he he asked us the same things. Amen. Please don't do that. It bothers me. You're my son. You're my daughter. You weren't made to live like that. That's my enemy using you. Don't, don't, let, don't allow my enemy to hurt me through you. That's what it equates to. It's not just a simple sin. Oh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll repent. When are we going to grow beyond that? It should be very difficult for us to bypass. You understand? When you love somebody, that's how it is, right? You don't want to bypass what you know or hurt them. You don't want to enter into those places because you care about them. Lord, have mercy. And we're supposed to love God above everything. Everybody okay? All right. So now we're fast forwarding to an instance where God told a prophet to go back up into the mountain where there was a blizzard coming. Whereas he knew that that was a death trap. He was already informing the other men that were with him, you hurry up and go down, get away, because if you wait too long, you won't be able to make it out. And he even mapped out the course he needed to take. I need to go down here and hit this place. And when I hit this place, I need to proceed in this way right here. Because if I don't, he said, within a a matter of moments, he said, everything will be covered over and you will die right wherever you are. Right. So he he got this mapped out in his mind. Now he's ready to take his action to go and, and go into this place of safety. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to him and tells him to go back into the storm. And he made that come. He said, he knew it was God's voice. He was like, but why would he send me back up there? That's a death trap. He said, well, maybe it's my time to go. Right? And I'm considering these things very heavily as I'm driving up here this morning. Because I'm looking at God's mindset. I'm looking at the whole scene. And I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm like, Lord, you told a prophet to go back up, but why? One reason was because he wanted something to be put on display. He allowed it to be recorded for you and I, right? But in both of these, it's two major things that came out of this. For one, God told him to speak to the storm. That was an example for you and I to show us the potentials that lie within each one of us. Can we say amen to that? We are that people that that pertains to. We have that on the inside of us. It's a part of our makeup. Glory to God. But it's governed by law. You just can't go do it on your own. 
Amen. But when he moves, and one thing I caught hold of as God was talking to him, God came and he was, you know, he was kind of making himself known. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. He says, I'm the one that spoke those squirrels before you. But he used Brother Branham's mouth to do it. But it was because it was his desire. Right? So Brother Branham gathered himself, and God told him to speak to the storm. He says, clouds, you go where you need to go, and sun, you come out and shine regular for four days. He said, and immediately the rushing winds that was coming through ceased. And the sun came peeking out. And all of a sudden, you can hear the drops of water hitting the ground because the snow was beginning to melt. And it was several things that was on his mind, but then all of a sudden, God came down and he says, will you walk with me? He said, it'll be my pleasure, Lord. So now he's going down and he's walking, you know, along the trail there. Evidently, he can sense the spirit of God. And he's just walking in a harmony with God. And while he's walking, he's thinking about his wife. It was their anniversary, right? And he was going down a, a trail that he would normally go down at a certain place at a certain time. And he would be thinking about his wife, and he'll call and, and greet her or what have you, you know? So he's going down there, and he's got different things on his mind. But then, <clears throat> you know, he gets down to a certain point, and then he starts thinking about how you know, his heart was real burdened because he, he saw a shifting in the response to the ministry and just in, in, the, in, in the mindset and the spiritual, the spiritual place of the people. You know, he said he just began to be burdened because he said, because it, it looks like the revival, he says, was kind of like dying down. And he was wondering if he was doing something wrong. And his heart was burdened. He said it was a horrible feeling, awful feeling, he said. He's wondering, Lord, did I, am I missing something? Did I do something wrong that's causing you not to be able to move like you desire to move or, or like God, like Brother Branham knew God could move? He said he's done many wonderful things, right? And all of a sudden, while he's thinking about that and he's actually crying, he could hear his tears hitting the dry leaves now because the sun had come out so much and soaked up the moisture. And all of a sudden, he heard these heavy footsteps coming. And he looks up, and I'll read this from here. He says, and then they watched me, talking about these deer. He says, they watched me. I thought, well, there it is. Only thing, just throw my rifle over. He says, they are gone. He was a good shot. He says, and then I remembered, I promised God. He says that I wouldn't do it. Now listen to this thing. This is what really caught my attention. He says, and when you make a promise, he says, you stay with it. He says, God expects you to. He says, and there I thought. Now you, we heard that, right? This is the Holy Spirit ministering through his prophet. And many people are gloss over that statement. But God caused my heart to come right to it. He wanted to show me something about myself. He said, when you make a promise of God, you make sure you keep it. But brother, we under the New Testament. We under an unconditional covenant. But God himself is speaking this through his prophet. 
You understand the God of the Old Testament is present now and he has control over his prophet. He's walking with him and he's causing his prophet to emphasize these specific words because he knew we'll go back and have this sermon this day. It's predestinated. Forgive me, saints. And when you make a promise, you stay with it. He said, God expects you to. And there I thought, well, just perfectly in my hands, but yet I promised him I wouldn't do it. I said, go on, mother. Take your babies and go into the woods. Enjoy yourself. I love this, too. You're in my hands, but I ain't going to kill you. And they come a little closer. Now watch this. He says, oh, how unusual that is for deer. That is unusual, isn't it? How many brothers hunting here? You wouldn't have that opportunity, right? Those deer be gone. Why? What's making the behavior of these deer be so abnormal at this time? God was allowing Brother Brandon to be tried according to the very promise he made him. And whatever promise we made God, I want you to understand this also can come into our lives. I don't doubt it has already come. The very thing you told God you will stop doing, the very person you told God you won't communicate with, the very crowd or atmosphere or an environment or television show or songs or whatever that you said, God, you told God, Lord, because you felt his nudge. Just like he told Brother Branham, don't do that. We've heard God's voice say, don't do that. Amen. And then we vowed a vow. Lord, I won't do that again. God allowed the very thing his prophet promised him he wouldn't do to come right into his face and not even leave. Wow. I want us to consider these things as we go into our day-to-day lives. The things that Satan tried to bring before us to try to make us stumble, fall, transgress? Could it be God allowing this to come right into your face, right into your lap, the very thing you promised him you wouldn't do, he allowed it to come right there before you. And he's watching. Oh, God. Amen. He says, and they would look at me, you know, and turn their head and me standing there dressed in red with a rifle standing in my hand. He says, and they walked real close to I. He says, till, till they could I could feed them out of my hand. And they just nosed around there a few moments, turned around, walked on back a little piece. They stopped and came back again. The very person you know you shouldn't have no communication with. The very things you know you should stay away from. God will let it come right to you. Lord have mercy. He said they come right back again. Something kept saying, listen, they are right in your hands. They are right in your hands. The Lord has put them in your hands. That was the voice of the enemy. I said, but I promised, I promised that I wouldn't do it. You see how God is allowing that to unfold? He says, since then, 
I thought, you know, one time David was led right to the very side where he says uh, where, where, where King Saul was laying and, and, and Joab said to him, said, the Lord has delivered him into your hands. But he says, God forbid that I would touch his anointed. See, see, you must watch when you make a promise. And then I said, I promised God that I wouldn't do it. So I won't. I said, mother, take your children and go on out into the woods. I'm not going to bother you. You're in my hands. You couldn't get away if you had to. I'm not going to hurt you. Go on to the woods, he says, and they come right back again. Amen. Right around me, and I stood there, and I thought, what is this? It's strange. What was it? God was allowing him to be tried to see whether or not he loved him or not. Are you going to keep your word? Look at you. See how important our promises are to God, to God. It ain't lightly esteemed by God, especially when it's something that he wants us to refrain from, that we might come into a closer wall, live a life that's more acceptable to make him more welcome into our lives and our atmospheres. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God. Listen now, New Testament scripture, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, he says, ye double-minded. In the New Testament, God said, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. God said, I ain't no fool. I know what you're doing. I know what's in your heart. Uh, You ain't going to play with me like that. We're in a real relationship. You mine, but you ain't going to handle me any kind of way. On your terms, according to your liking, give yourself over to my enemy when you feel like it, and then come over here and try to love up on me. No, we ain't having that. I want you wholly dedicated. I want you fully to myself. Listen now, and I want you to have in your heart that you want to be fully with me and not give yourself to nobody else. Many people rejoice in the life of Brother Branham, but that brother really loved God. Amen. And I stood They're watching them. They got closer and closer. Then they turned and walked on out in the woods, and I just stood there just dumbfounded. Like, what in the world just happened? And when they went away, that voice spoke down again, that sun shining on my back. And listen to this, saints. This is God now. God says, you remembered your promise, didn't you? God allows us to have these moments, and he wants to see if we're going to remember our promise. It was so important to God that he allowed his prophet to be tried to that extent. And when he passed, God came down, and he was very pleased. He said, I see you remembered your promise. You know how many people break their promise to me, son? People that I love, people that I've extended myself to, people that I've been very gracious to and given them chance after chance after chance. And they enter into these cycles of habits and of lives and of attitudes. They don't understand how it hurts me and how it affects me. But you don't know, son, how I appreciate. I appreciate the fact that you allowed yourself to still hold true to your promise. You've come to that place now where I know. Remember with Abraham? He was told to sacrifice Isaac, isn't that right? 
God already knew what the outcome would be, but he let the thing play all the way out to where, where Abraham had the dagger back to get ready to stab him. He said, stay now thy hand, Abraham. Now I know. But he already knew the end from the beginning, but he allowed it to come into a display for it to be proven, shown. Now I know you love me, Abraham. He knew it all along, but he allowed it to come out. You kept your promise. He says, you remembered your promise. And then he comes back and he said, because he's so now, I mean, you, you can imagine how that made God feel. He says, now I'll remember mine too. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Brother Branham says, keep your promise to God. Whatever you say to God, he says, you believe it. I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) I feel my heart is delivered. So Monday, and in that text message when I sent my son that text on my way up here, I said, how about 6 o'clock on Monday? And on the end, I made sure I put Lord willing. Because <laughs> I'm a man, right? And anything can come up, right? <laughs> so I used that to my advantage and said, Lord willing. But I plan on being there. He don't understand how important it is to me. He's sitting out in life. He's got a nice wife. I'm proud of him. He came from a, he came a long ways. But I watched the hand of God in his life. He had to come the way he came in order for him to be who he's becoming now. Right? So it's it's actually all a precious thing to me. But I watched it with my own eyes. I'm very proud of him. You know? He's my barber. He cuts hair for a living. And so anyway, I'm going to keep my word. And not only just to him, but I I, I just want to. I want to do better at this. I, I really do. You know, and I pray God uh, was able to help somebody this morning. Um, it's important to him that we keep our word to him, that we live before him in a way. Like David, you know, David came, he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. That was important to God. Let us all stand, if we will. Amen. Let us bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for your long-suffering, Lord. You've suffered long with us, Father. We failed you too many times, Lord. I'm not satisfied with where I am and how I've treated you over the years. My heart is hurting right now, Lord, but don't let me be according to the example that we spoke of earlier where so quickly the criminal is forgiven, his sentence isn't as severe as he he deserves, and he goes right out with the same mindset the same desires to do the same things again. They become repeat offenders. Lord, let us let us from this day, Lord God, cease from being repeat offenders. 
things that as you spoke to the prophet that you very plainly speak to our hearts and tell us don't do that you let us know that you don't approve of it Lord you let us know how it makes you feel Lord and the enemy want to get our minds so polluted and so uh, filled and clogged up until we don't even recognize your presence we, we continue to do things, Lord, that we know we shouldn't do. Lord, help us to be delivered from that. May all the works of the enemy, the yokes of the enemy, the bands of wickedness be broken off of each one of our lives, Lord. And help us, Lord God, to, in a sense, have a rededication of our lives to you. You deserve it, Lord. You deserve more than what we've ever given you to this point. None of us feel like we've made it or we're just in a place that we just fully please you, Lord. All of us recognize that there is more work to be done in our lives. May we all be humbled before you, Lord, and allow you just to work your work in our lives as you please. Help us to be promise keepers, Lord. We need you, Father God. We need one another. We need one another, Lord God, to be in our positions. So that you can work through each one of us, Lord, to bring a supply of what you purpose to bring, Lord God, to other members of the body that you've ordained to be connected with us, Lord. That we might be more of a blessing to whoever we come in contact with because you have your full way in our lives. You've taken the preeminence, Lord, and we've given it to you by by your grace. That's a part of your plan is to gain the preeminence amongst your people. The first place in our lives and our minds. Bless every family, every heart, every individual. You know the needs, Lord. There's many needs among us all this, this morning, Father God. Help us not to tie your hands to release blessings into our lives, Lord to bring the necessary help that we need, Father God, to be relieved of whatever troubles we might be experiencing, Lord. And sometimes you allow trouble to come to drive us into that place to where you can trust us, to where you have our attention like you desire to, Lord, to where we'll be able to more deeply consider these things. It's for our benefit and for our good that we come into these places, Father. Bless your people. We ask, Father, humbly in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. Pray for Brother McBride. To be like Jesus. To
amen, to be like Jesus, right? He's a promise keeper. Is that true? And uh, he tells us, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Amen. And I appreciate what Brother McBride said. In James 4, I believe, we learned that we don't even know if we'll be alive tomorrow, let alone whether we can do what we say tomorrow. So when we say yes, add to that if the Lord wills it. Amen. Because God is sovereign. And uh, we know as parents what chaos enters our homes when our children learn that our yes is not yes or that our no is not no. Amen. So being like Christ involves being a promise keeper, doing what we say. Amen. I appreciate that this morning. To be like Jesus. To be like I see glory 
blessing. He set me free. And um, you're, you're free to go after this, right? So um, I appreciate Brother, Brother McBride. Enjoyed the service this morning. And um, <clears throat> he set me free. Amen. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. I pray you'll have a wonderful evening. And um, God bless everyone. Well, once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. Yes, he said. 